0: This is Will Friedel, the voice of the future Dark Knight, Batman Beyond. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. And remember a few things. First, Dana deserves better. And second, I am Batman. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. (laughs) Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling
1: It's people, no hope. It's youth, no future.
0: Even boys and girls was up for some last. Terry McGinnis was part of the problem.
1: You can't control your temper, and you'd better if you expect to get anywhere in life. Yeah, I'll be a big success, just like you.
0: Until a moment of violence
1: brought him to the door of a man named Bruce Wayne. Let's put a smile on his face. Lead him alone. Once known as the Batman. Man, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you're something. <laughs> You okay? Now the dark knight will rise again to drive the shadow of evil from the streets of Gotham. Let's go! Super villains, beware! There's a new Batman in town! Batman Beyond, you're pretty strong for some cloud who thinks he's Batman. I am
0: Batman. (laughs) Justice returns to Gotham. Welcome to my world. Welcome everybody to episode 243 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal. With me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account, and... The man who is suffering along with me as we cover today's episode. That's right. It's Liam. Liam, as we mentioned last week, we kicked off the year with a trip to the future. And uh, we are Mm -hmm. 50 years from now, whenever now is. And uh, and unfortunately, whenever now is, we are very low on Batman Beyond content, so Mm -hmm. our uh, we've branched out into future reviews of uh, of the other show that takes place in the future of the DCAU, supposedly, and that, of course, is the Zeta Project. Welcome (laughs) to the DCAU review, double feature that's right, going forward, expect any zeta project reviews to be a double feature at this point just uh we're trying to get through these it, it's kind of like the opposite of of like batman beyond and superman mm-hmm. where we've tried to tried to stretch things out here we're trying to just motor through these as quickly as possible
1: there will be no re-reviews <laughs> when we are done <laughs> this podcast could go for 1200 more episodes and we won't, I don't think we would come back to the Zeta project, but yes. I think we it's are safe here. to say that. yes. Yes, but uh, we are here. And every time, as, as Gal said, for the foreseeable future, our our future month, still looking for a better name for that But our, our Batman Beyond months are now Batman Beyond and Zeta month. And here today we have two episodes, the next two in, I believe, air date order is how uh, they, they were released on home video. So we have Change of Heart. And the next gen to talk about today.
0: That is right. And boy, am I glad that those are the episodes that I watched because I was had this freak out moment here as you were listing the titles <laughs> and I had watched the incorrect episodes. So glad we're on the same page. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yes, we will be getting into both of those here. Liam, I before we get into them, I have to say I as I sat down to watch these episodes, I thought to myself we have a finite amount of time we are granted here on earth. (laughs) (laughs) You know, all, you know, regardless of whether you believe in, in God or not, uh, we all uh, will eventually breathe our last breath and, Mm -hmm. uh, and we will be forced to kind of reconcile with the idea of how we spent our lives. And as I sat down, I, I had a brief moment where I thought is this 42 minutes i'm about to spend watching this cartoon <laughs> will i regret this one day and while i can say that this 42 minutes has led to us having you know a special time as brothers to hang out and chat and talk and laugh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um I, I count it not as as lost at that point but boy, did I have to really, really push through this and and consider whether or not I was making a bad decision here with with the use of my time because, yeah. (laughs) All right. Off of my soapbox, onto our first episode here, which is, of course, Change of Heart, which originally debuted on the Kids' WB, at least according to Google and the DCAU Wiki, on February the 17th, 2001 here in the United States. Before we get into our own review of this episode, we will, of course, get the official IMDB synopsis for this week's episode. And Liam, because it is a double feature, we get two synopses, so we will revisit this segment in just a a few moments here for our second episode. But for this episode, it is brought to you by The Pod Tower. Head over to youtube.com slash The Pod Tower, where you can hear tremendous Incredible reviews of the three prior episodes of Zeta <laughs> that we've covered in the past. If you're if you want to venture into the archives and check out what we had to say about those three episodes, uh, you can also, of course, check out the rest of our library, which includes things that I think that most people would find much more interesting than than those reviews but regardless whatever tickles your fancy head over to head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower not only do you get some great uh, great content from us but you might find some content there from people that really actually appreciate the zeta project and uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, for what it's worth uh, additional reviews on there so check that out at youtube.com slash the pod tower and now our official imdb synopsis
1: that's right. So, this is the synopsis for Change of Heart, which was written by Kevin Hopps, directed by Bob Doucette and Bob Davies, uh, music by Lolita Ritmanus and animation by Coco. And that synopsis reads as such Z and Ro go to a museum where Dr. Selig is giving a lecture. <laughs> Which is really, I think, the synopsis this first one uh, deserves, um, because that is basically the plot. Um, we'll we'll do because we have two, we're not going to go very in depth, and because there's not a lot to sink into in these episodes, we're probably not going to do our as in depth a synopsis as normal. Just to let the listeners know, but uh, yeah, we open Zeta and Rose still on the run, as seen uh, with with Agent Bennett and his his wacky accomplices chasing them. Uh, their, their car is damaged in the, uh, in the chase and, and Zeta and Roe kind of realize that they, they've probably been tracked by the vehicle's ID. And so they need to ditch it. And so they head off to the city, uh, where they found out that this Dr. Selig, Zeta's supposed creator is, uh, is giving a lecture at this, uh, this science museum. And so, uh, Zeta and Roe decide they're going to go there and, uh, and uh, that's most of the episode. It's just them hanging out in the museum. <laughs> um, they uh, there's some there's some foreshadowing that Ro has had a bad childhood, mm-hmm. and doesn't doesn't have pleasant memories of her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably we'll talk about in voice acting. That might be mm-hmm. the best stuff in the episode. But mm-hmm. uh, at one point, Zeta, uh,
0: <laughs> there's a big magnet. <laughs>
1: in yep. the museum
0: this is the arch nemesis for the episode That's, yes this is the this is the main the main protagonist of this week's episode but, he
1: does, but the magnet does have a baby face turn at the end so uh <laughs> but <okay>. yes yes <laughs> so the magnet uh, this giant super powerful magnet which we see one of the displays here at this uh the science museum uh there's also a fusion reactor chekhov's fusion reactor uh and uh, and some roller coasters and a hall of robotics and uh zeta as mentioned gets is walking by right as the super powerful magnet is turned on of course zeta being made of metal he's he zipped up into the air and attached to the magnet the whole crowd of onlookers is confused and uh, eventually zeta is able to get down but it's clear that he's uh he's not what he seems to be and the uh, the head of security uh, is, I guess this is just like public knowledge, but he's able to pull, immediately pull up a, uh, a a federal database of I guess fugitive robots. He just had and it there
0: right up on his screen. Yeah, it was
1: like one button press away. It's very it's very much the Star Wars style. Nothing is labeled. You just press a button and and the information uh, you need is there. But uh, so the the museum security is after Zeta now. And, uh, and he transforms into a kid and he and Ro go on a little roller coaster ride through like a anatomy. It's an anatomy. I don't know. It's like, a, it's like they're inside like the brain and the muscles. And they meet a little girl and her very inattentive mother. <laughs>
0: she gets a nominee, by the way. I think we're expanding from worst dads of the DCAU to worst parents of the DCAU.
1: One hundred percent, because not only while uh, while Zeta and Roe are supposed to be blending in, uh, the little girl is complaining that she can't see the displays up uh, up close enough from the uh, from the roller coaster so zeta takes his his uh, extendo arms and shoots her straight up into the air while uh, her mother is completely oblivious to it uh, and and zeta puts her down uh, after roe tells him to to knock it off just in time the mom turns around just as the daughter has been safely placed back in her seat um <laughs> and uh, so so uh, af- as mentioned the security has uh has, has alerted the feds, Bennett and agent West and agent Lauren, Tom, whose name I can't remember are, (laughs) are, uh, are, are, are on the way. And and we set up our our big showdown for the third act uh, where uh, in the midst of Zeta still kind of blending in, he's changed his form. That's another thing. The federal database has his like default form on file. Yep. But he keeps changing into it. Yep.
0: Yep. We don't know. Maybe maybe.
1: this is like that's his, that's his, that's how, who he feels his true self is, is this nondescript guy in a purple, (laughs) purple overcoat.
0: Makes no sense, though. He changes into this kid form to disguise himself Mm -hmm. so that he can't be detected. It's like, why doesn't he do that all the time? It's like the Batman Beyond turn invisible Mm -hmm. thing. It Mm -hmm. just doesn't logically, like, we know why, because for the show to work, they need it to, create an identity that kids will watch and recognize oh that's that's zeta mm-hmm. they won't just listen to it and recognize him by his voice we have to have a standard identity for him and he has to be wearing the same clothes always yeah i, I don't know it makes no sense it's insulting it
1: also saves the production team from having to create a new model i guess that's too. that's but- sure. But yes, because this is exposed. Uh, but uh, after after they get off the roller coaster, the little girl they were they were uh, talking to on the roller coaster, what did you know, it gets away from her again, very inattentive mother, <laughs> and uh, ends up trapped inside the fusion reactor right as it's about to go off, and so Zeta has no choice but to reveal himself and save the little girl who uh, you know and. Has a nice moment there with with the mom and the daughter, but then of course the agents are after him, and uh, they have these wacky sonic weapons that seem to spell zoom, doom for Zeta. But then, as as mentioned, the big <laughs> magnet decides at the end of the day he's actually thanks to uh, one of the security guards who witnessed Zeta save save the little girl's life. He turns the magnet on and sends uh, Agent West and Agent Lauren Tom up to uh, up to the magnet. And uh, and Zeta's able to escape. He's only got Bennett to escape, who he just kind of hides in this hall of robots. <laughs> and Bennett apparently just gives up and everybody leaves.
0: <laughs> I don't know uh, if you know this, Liam, but it's, it's a bit of trivia, according to the PCA <laughs> wiki, that it, the, the, trivia, the trivia part of this episode is it's unclear why Agent Bennett just gives up instead of searching the, the hall of robots uh, for Zeta. Uh, fun trivia fact to impress your friends with
1: that's very fun it's very fun once again just like to put the call to action out there if you are a moderator on the dcau wiki or you know who is please put them in contact with us i desperately (laughs) i desperately want to talk to these people i just need to know
0: well we just want to sit down bonus episode to understand some of the decisions that are made (laughs)
1: <laughs> but uh yeah that's that's pretty much our end zeta and ro get away and as they're as they're leaving there's kind of a uh, they oh there's the, during the scuffle uh zeta does briefly see uh dr selig but isn't able to talk to him so uh there's a little little heart to heart at the end as they're as they're getting away as uh, as ro is uh ro is discussing uh their future and the idea that i guess that the doctor is kind of zeta's long lost dad so they're they're trying to connect that he's 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 looking for for purpose and family and that that's contrasted with uh, with roe who uh has has had a bad experience in that department in the past so we kind of ended on this sort of mixed uh, mixed melancholy note with zeta sort of being excited that he's almost made contact with his uh his founder, his creator, while uh, at the same time, Ro is uh, not really able to uh, reciprocate those feelings or, or understand why Zeta feels is feels that so important to make contact with his creator. So that's where we end the first episode.
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. It is mercifully the end. And as I said, (laughs) uh, since the main protagonist uh, for most of it was the, the giant magnet, and we uh, we spend so much time <laughs> on an educational children's ride through the human body. Um, it, it's boy, this this episode was just boring. It was just boring. Like I couldn't I, I, I it was boring. Like I, I don't know how else to put it. It also makes no sense mm-hmm. why there would be a active fusion reactor that people could walk into and get trapped mm-hmm. in.
1: Not even like a velvet rope around it or no, nope. uh,
0: just you can waltz at any tape. any unattended child can just waltz right in. And then guess what? When it when it's time time for the fusion reactor to go off, there's it's unfortunately the override code just doesn't work. You just there's no yep. fail-safe. I think I think the the most unintentionally funny part. Uh, is when we learn. by the way uh that zeta has super hearing in this episode by the way i don't Mm -hmm. remember that that happening before but we learned that he's got super hearing and uh, he's listening into the conversation between the security guards as they're panicking and realizing that uh, they can't get this child out of the fusion Mm -hmm. reactor and uh they say well i guess uh i guess we should we should alert the boss uh Instead of like screaming for help, they're trying to like mm-hmm. keep it under wraps that, the, <laughs> that everyone around them is about to watch this child be eviscerated uh, by this fusion reactor. Well, no. that's, that's the most realistic thing in the whole show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the bureaucrats are already immediately working to try to cover it up and uh, <laughs> To spin it <laughs> and make sure, yeah, make sure the boss doesn't come off, uh, doesn't get any bad PR out of it.
0: <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, yeah. Did not like this episode. Um, I mean, it, for for what it's worth, compared to what we're going to review in the next episode, I at <laughs> least like that we advanced the plot for the overarching plot of the series, which is Zeta attempting to meet his maker. Um, but we there's it, we don't even. It's just ugh, it's just a pit stop, and like another thing that gets in the way and which is fine you're not gonna you're not gonna have the meeting right away we get it it's a it's a season-long plot here but um at least it did advance that a little bit where we saw that this this doctor selling does exist maybe even though mm-hmm. it felt like maybe it was a mirage because of how quickly he showed up and then disappeared <laughs> um or maybe it's just poor animation i don't know we'll talk about that next uh, either way I did not like this episode um i thought that it was it was boring and for a children's cartoon to me that is the that is the cardinal sin the unforgivable sin uh is a is a boring children's cartoon you're you have to be somewhat entertaining and i thought that everything about this even putting the child in peril uh was was somewhat anticlimactic because you know you know what's going to happen you know that that Zeta is going to have to reveal himself. So I gave plot three out of ten. What about you?
1: Yeah, I went one higher. I went four out of ten. Uh, it's 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 not the it's not terrible. Um, it's just it's just not very interesting. As you said, it's the the most interesting thing in there is the stuff between uh, you know the contrast of Zeta wanting so desperately to make contact with who who made him and and Ro having having such a you know a bad experience in that department and her kind of being really standoffish and dismissive of it at first before kind of starting to accept by the end that this is this is something that's very important to to Zeta and therefore she it's important to her too so there's there's nice little character beats with with those two but it is they are a minuscule amount of the runtime most of the time as mentioned is the is the uh, uh uh the just the museum hijinks and uh and hey at the end we get our little educational video
0: on oil cans this week so there's that, was, that. yeah that was something <clears throat> all right let's move on to our next category liam which is going to be animation and visuals And this week, we have animation services provided by Coco, uh, supposedly. Mm -hmm. Um, This episode, to me, I will say the animation style reminded me of like a Disney film. It was much more like, I don't know, it was more Disney-fied than I remember the previous episodes being. Um, There was a little bit more cell shading, a little bit more like, expression and cartoony expression especially in like the face of the main security guy uh, at the at the museum um with that said uh, i i think kicking things off with a with an action beat a chase scene was pretty pretty strong there's some interesting stuff that happens there i thought it was bizarre that the giant agent flying machines crash land and like there's no there's no explosion. They just they just bounce off the earth. They they just bounce bounce around, bounce into each other, and mm-hmm. then bounce off the earth with little to no damage to the action, to the agents inside. Um, but uh, that that aside, I will will say I was was hoping for some for some robot Easter eggs in the uh, in the hall of androids or whatever they call it, uh, synthoids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't, didn't notice anything other than like, maybe they had this physical, a couple had a physical structure sort of resembling the, uh, Warner Brothers property, the Iron Giant. Um, but I, but they all just kind of blended together and nothing looked flat out like, yes, this was definitely meant to be something, um, so that was a little disappointing. Like mm-hmm. it, it's an interesting visual to have a room full of these, uh, basically the evolution of the Synthoid robot uh, to this point for, in the DCAU and, and not to have at least one standout Easter egg was, that was kind of disappointing to me. It feels like you could have had a lot more fun and feels like on other shows in the DCAU, that's where you would, you would have those sort of in jokes or things that you would hide uh, in order to uh, in order to to sort of you know tease the viewers or th- those that know know, you know, looping them in. and uh, i didn't didn't happen to notice anything that that resembled something uh, in prior DCAU or pop culture uh, for that matter. So um, I did think it was strange that uh, that that Zeta continued to use his main persona even after being after mentioning his car was tagged um but i did like that they at least came up with the idea to to change his appearance Mm -hmm. albeit for a a little while um you know the scene with him getting drawn up by the robot was pretty humorous or the the giant magnet rather was pretty humorous um his uh his little extendo arms kind of cool like that we got some of that that use uh in and around the episode both in his escape from agent bennett and uh as you mentioned in allowing the the child that was riding with him uh to be able to see things a little bit better um yeah i i I think the animation is fine uh like i said unfortunately there's not a lot of it's a lot of chasing it's a lot of running away it's a lot of Mm -hmm. running around um You know, the tension that builds up around is this child going to be incinerated? Uh, You know, I thought that the the animation around Zeta kind of struggling to rip the door open. And then I I thought he had thrown his guns away at the end of Batman Beyond, but apparently he replaced them with like we have like a welding torch gun here now that he has in his side. Didn't know he had that, but he he uses that to weld the uh, the the reactor door shut so that it doesn't kill everyone inside. (laughs) Uh, but I thought that sequence was, was at least animated pretty pretty well. Um, n- nothing else really stood out for me for the, uh, for the episode, all things considered. Uh, uh, last thing I will say is, if that wasn't a mirage of, of the Dr. Sel- Sel- uh, Selig, it was, it was a very odd way to animate that, because he was there, and then all of a sudden he was... Like, I get it. It was supposed to be he lost him in the crowd, but it was as if he was there and then gone in a in a second so if it isn't a reveal that he wasn't really there later on i i question that animation choice but <laughs> uh overall not a terrible episode i didn't think anything was bad uh and there were some some interesting things shown so i ended up giving it a six out of ten what about you
1: yeah i gave it the uh, the exact same score of six out of ten i i don't have a ton to add like you said i think the the museum's a little bit underwhelming the uh Uh, the the hall of robots is cool but it's a lot of the a lot of the same designs just colored differently Mm -hmm. um near the end when when bennett chases him back in i think we see a few different designs i was but yeah that seems like a really good opportunity to hide like uh you know the golem or the Lexbot or something you know something kind of fun in there as as some easter eggs but yeah overall nothing really wrong with it it's not an action-packed episode um, it's it's quite a moment. The the little chase at the beginning is fun. There's some some kind of fun wacky slapstick with the uh the agents and and everything misfiring their weapons and whatever. By the way, is the agency just these three guys now? <laughs> I feel like in the pilot they had like a whole team and now it's just these three. Yeah. Do they have their funding cut between episodes.
0: Well, there were two different ships. Maybe some of them died off screen and we oh. just didn't know. <laughs> They wouldn't tell you that though they, they can't they can't reference right. they couldn't reference violence too too much there so if they did right. they just kind of insinuated it and wouldn't wouldn't tell you leave it up to your own imagination there you go all right Liam. let's move on to our next category which is going to be music and uh, uh did not write down who music was credited to for this week Music by Lolita Ritmanis this week. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, for Ms. Ritmanis, I think uh, there actually were a couple of things that I, that I notated. I thought the, uh, the beginning, the chase scene, uh, there was kind of like mm-hmm. a, a spy ditty is what I wrote down kind of in my notes There is very, you know, a typical spy film theme um, with the, your, your traditional chasing elements of strings and, and a fast tempo. Um, uh, the, the scene, of course, with the reactor going off, I thought there was some, some good tension setting music for that too. Um, but I didn't have a, didn't have a ton that, that stood out to me. Uh, I I guess the, the chase scene also where agent Bennett is chasing Zeta. (laughs) Um, didn't mention it in plot, but Zeta definitely goes up like ten flights, and somehow Agent Bennett is only like a half second behind him so agent Bennett must have, must be a meta human or something like that because he he got up those stairs very quickly <laughs> yeah, he has been getting
1: his steps in he uh, he's, he's keeping he keeps limber he keeps spry, but uh been working yeah, out. actually those were those yeah, that's right those were. Those, uh, those two sequences were really the only notes I had for music. There's kind of some nice softer music when they're on the, uh, the anatomy coaster ride thing. um, While the, you know, you kind of, you know, experiencing the wonder of the, of the museum through the child's eyes. There's some kind of nice softer music in that sequence as well. But yeah, I thought the, the two chase sequences had some, some good music and there's, there's some pretty good dramatic music as, as Zeta's, uh, breaking open the, the glass to, to save the girl at the end there. So uh, nothing, nothing too, uh, too strong, nothing too great to write home about, but uh, at least as mentioned, at least we noticed something. So <laughs> something right. positive. So uh, for that reason, I, I settled on a six out of 10 for my music score.
0: Yep. Same exact score for me, a six out of 10. I think that's uh that's more than fair for, for this episode. I think the fact that we noticed something and in, in multiple scenes uh, gives it uh, a more than uh, more than that, just good score that we tend to tend to start with. So uh, m- mutual admiration for that there. All right, Liam, let's uh, wrap things up here for this first episode with our voice cast, uh, not a huge cast, but uh, we do have uh, a lot of our regulars, of course, making, making appearances. Uh, let's talk about this week's voice actors and actresses
1: that's right we actually have a, a decent sized cast with all of our, uh, our guest characters here uh, we'll run through a few quickly we have Ambrosia Kelly playing Kara uh, K who's the or Cora K not Kara K uh, <laughs> uh, which is the, the little girl that Zeta saves uh, and, uh, and uh, she also voices uh, young Sharon on an episode of Static Shock and has a few other uh, was a child actor of the era um, we have uh, more interestingly, I think, is Bianca, who is credited as as Cora's mom uh, in the episode. This is literally her only credit on IODB,
0: if you look at it. <laughs> well, I'm I so I, 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 I may I understand why. She's not, a, <laughs> she's not an <laughs>
1: actor then, right? Like she must be like like was she did she work on production on the show and to do a voice? Did she work at warner brothers or something and they just needed someone to to read a few lines and they got her in is it like the daughter of someone you know a friend of andrea romano's i'm fascinated by this but uh but yes that's that was uh, that's that's my other note and then also just in the cool names department uh playing edwards who i believe is one of the security guys is it um the uh who's in dumb and dumber and a few other things and in, in minor roles and also done a lot of other voice actors. Wait, who
0: is that? Charlie Rocket. Uh, Charlie Rocket. Okay.
1: Um uh, a very a very fun uh just a fun name to say. Mm-hmm. But uh, outside of our our main cast as mentioned we have we do have uh, because zeta spends so much of the episode in his form we actually have a different voice actor voicing young Zeta, and that is none other than Eli Merenthal, who we've talked about before on the show and uh, we'll talk about again because uh, not only uh is he the voice of Hogarth Hughes in the Iron Giant mm-hmm. uh but he's also uh, ends up coming on to voice uh Tim Drake Robin in uh, Mystery of the Batwoman.
0: Ah, there you go. Yeah, Hogarth uh, Hughes a, uh,
1: I, I, yeah, he he does a he does a fine job filling in as I I I, I always wonder in situations like this like, does do they have Diedrich Bader read the lines first and then he, he reads them to record them, or, or is he recorded separately? It's kind of uh, interesting, but I think he does a pretty good job there, uh, playing off of, of course, uh, Julie Nathanson as Roe uh, in this episode. And then we have uh, just rounding out the cast, of course, we have, uh, as mentioned, okay, Agent Lee, uh, Lauren Tom's uh, character is named Agent Lee, uh, Michael Rosenbaum as, uh, as Agent West. And uh, and the great Kurtwood Smith as Agent Bennett, and of course, uh the legendary Diedrich Bader playing Zeta. I don't think anybody's bad or particularly great in this episode. I kind of I think we've talked about before that the absolute strength of this show, uh, maybe one of the only strengths of this show is Diedrich Bader and Julie Nathanson playing off of each other, and we don't get that for a lot of this episode Mm -hmm. um not that like i said not that uh young mr mr marenthal's performance was bad but it's the dynamic of the sort of the soft uh naivete of of mr bader's performance as zeta is kind of not there so it's uh i i ended up just selling on a 5 out of 10 for voice acting i don't think anybody's great i don't think anybody's bad i think it's just uh, it's just uh, another day at the office for uh, for the zeta project voice acting crew yep
0: uh believe it or not i gave it the same exact score five out of ten was what i settled on as well um again i i think everybody's uh, a big big bowl of okay i don't think anybody's <laughs> bad i don't think anybody's good um and it's they're they're doing what they're asked for and unfortunately we don't get as much of uh, Mr. Bader's performance which tends to tends to carry the episodes as you mentioned so uh because of that not that uh not that uh, Mr. Uh, Marenthal did a poor job but it's just I if I'm gonna be watching one of these episodes I'd I prefer to prefer to hear more of of Dietrich Bader if as, as, if I can help it so Uh, Five out of 10 for both of us and uh, Liam, believe it or not, that brings us to our final scores for our first episode and our part of our double feature here this week and uh, totaling everything up. I end up with a 20 out of 40. What about you?
1: Yeah. And as uh, as listeners may have noticed, we were only, I think we only differed in one category this week, but uh, I am one point higher sitting at a 21 out of 40. Um, you know, I can't really say. Obviously, as we've said before on Zeta Project episodes, none of these are important to the overall DCAU review. Mm-hmm. So, rewatchability is kind of a almost a non factor. But as far as this show, mm-hmm. um, it is like we said. It does drop in some backstory for roe You have, you know, Zeta's first in person sighting of Doctor Selig. There's a little bit of meat on the bone. I think if you're if if for some reason you've decided to watch or rewatch, uh, the Zeta project, I think there's a little bit of a meeting on the bone, uh, for, for rewatchability for that reason.
0: Can we give a half thumbs up here?
1: <laughs> yeah, <what laughs> we call that the orange, Cassidy. The the orange Cassidy Cassidy. Thumbs up. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it's like, eh, yeah, I guess I feel like you could, you could skip a, like you said, you could really skip over any of these episodes, be dropped in the middle of it and probably understand what's going on for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, so we don't, while we do advance, quote unquote, advance the plot here with the, with the overall plot with Zeta, it's not advanced to the point where if you missed it, you would uh, wouldn't understand what's going on. And maybe it's designed that way. You know, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how much of the creative went into this knowing knowing that they weren't really getting the full support from from Warner Brothers or that their what they had in mind uh wasn't really being uh, you know what the final product ended up being so maybe they intentionally made it more of like yes we'll have this overarching story but we also kind of have to dumb it down because we don't know if these episodes are going to ever be shown you know, are they going to be shown at 1130 on a Saturday morning? Are they going to be shown at like 4am on Cartoon Network one day? (laughs) Like what's, you know, we kind of have to make them stand on their own. So I kind of get that. And I, I sort of, sort of understand and sympathize with the creators if that was their goal, but um, yeah. So orange Cassidy thumbs up. And indeed, I think that's, that's fair for this. All right, Liam, it's time to move on to the second part of our double feature. And that, of course, is going to be our next episode, uh, which is the next gen, I believe.
1: That is correct. And uh, as you said at the start of the episode, Cal, a second episode means a second IMDB synopsis for myself to, uh, to read here.
0: Can't wait. As we mentioned before, this, of course, is brought to you by the pod tower head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower and uh, check out our entire catalog there. Please subscribe and like the videos. It helps us out a lot. And uh, while you're there, check out that other content from uh, some other great DCAU content creators.
1: That's right. So this is the synopsis for the episode of the next gen, which is written by Hillary J. Bader uh, with teleplay by Rich Fogel. Some familiar names there uh, mm-hmm. directed by Tim Maltby. Uh, with music once again by Lolita Ritmanis and animation once again by Coco. And that synopsis reads as such. Zeta intercepts orders for an infiltration unit to eliminate an arms dealer.
0: <coughs>
1: Zeta... It, oh my God, hang on. I gotta take a drink. Doing the voice,
0: bo- Two episodes here, the double feature. You know, your voice isn't <laughs> used to doing two synopses. You know, you gotta... That's right. You gotta prepare the pipes. Zeta intercepts
1: orders for an infiltration unit to eliminate an arms dealer. Oh my God, that's so many syllables. Bucky comes along with the desire to capture the latest generation. There's no of. It's just the latest generation infiltration unit. Mm. <clears throat> that was not my best work, folks, but you know, this isn't the best show. So, <laughs> you know, it all works out, doesn't it?
0: That we know how uh, yeah. many people. We know how many people listen to this. These episodes. They're not gonna care. They don't. They don't yeah. care. They're listening to this while they're sleeping, or like, right. you know, go outside gardening, or yeah, have a know. long car ride or something.
1: <laughs> and you know, you just pop this on when you're when you're just need something zen.
0: Using it to, to uh... torture prisoners of war, <laughs> something.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, I want to be the reason. I want this podcast to be the reason that somebody's significant other is mad at them. You know, that's <laughs> Listen to this around somebody that you know will hate it. <laughs> Please. And then let us know what happens.
0: It's a long road trip. The husband yes. is just, he's like, I'm gonna annoy the only Zeta. Of- yeah, set,
1: set up a playlist so it's only the Zeta reviews.
0: <laughs> by by the third episode, if there isn't screaming happening in the car, as to just if you don't stop this right now, I'm going to lose it. I would be highly disappointed. Uh yes. Uh, But Liam, we we, I think that synopsis, we could honestly just go with that synopsis and and give our scores. But uh, the overall synopsis that we have here is there is a uh, we open up and uh, we are once again reintroduced to one of the worst characters in cartoon history. That is (laughs) Bucky. (laughs) I was literally going to say, I think he's my least favorite character in the history of the DCAU. Who, if we didn't mention it in the first time that we reviewed the episode, which was just the last episode, the prior episode uh, that we reviewed.
1: Remote uh, Control.
0: Remote Control. uh, He looks like Jimmy Neutron Mm -hmm. and uh, has the, the most annoying voice casting decision uh, that I can recall, uh, in, in recent memory from, from a DCAU character. And, uh, we, we are once again reintroduced to him and he is, uh, he's causing explosions at this Institute Mm -hmm. where he's, where he's residing. And there's apparently a new headmaster of this, uh, this, this, uh, this, uh, institution, because if you recall, I believe the headmaster of the last institution turned out to be some sort of like thief, of some kind he was stealing things yeah
1: he was stealing credit for bucky's inventions i think and who can remember who
0: who (laughs) could possibly care right uh so bucky is uh is punished to have no web surfing time which i know they were doing it to like this is what the lingo is going to be at this time but it turns out to just sound like an old person thing that they would say you may not be you're not allowed to surf the web web surfing is not allowed today so it actually kind of works but uh so bucky decides he's going to uh he's going to throw on his vr machine his google lens i think this is a a, a, pre- a, a prediction of what google lens would eventually be here he throws on his his vr goggles mm-hmm. and surfs the web this way and uh wouldn't you know it, he comes upon in his favorites nsa database of course so he quickly gains access to the nsa database where uh he discovers the blueprints for this iu7 infiltration unit that was mentioned in our imdb synopsis and uh, at the same time uh zeta and and roe are at a internet cafe as we mentioned that was a one of those predictions that didn't quite hold up there the uh the influence of internet cafes in the future, but there's a, they're at an internet cafe and they're attempting to get more information from the NSA database themselves. And Zeta accidentally uh, intercepts these, these instructions for the intended for this IU seven unit. And uh, he begins malfunctioning in the middle of it and realizes that uh, the, the instructions were to, Uh, head out and kill did i get this right the merchant of death that's right they're going to kill the merchant of death which i had to do a double take i was like did they just say merchant of death here (laughs) how did that make it past standards and practices the rest of the episode is basically uh, bad guys slipping, literally slipping on banana peels <laughs> and getting thwarted by getting fruit thrown in their faces. Uh huh. And uh, these tiny little, little, despite having giant warehouses full of weapons, uh, the explosions being very tiny and uh, not really doing much damage, no one getting really hurt. But I, but I digress, we're get, getting ahead of myself here. Uh, so basically, the entire episode is, is that R- Zeta and Ro decide that they have to go uh stop this infiltration unit from killing the merchant of death and uh zeta needs to do it because it kind of calls back to his original uh his original descent from his from his programming which was he was asked to do this and kill someone and he refused Mm -hmm. to do it so now he's on this mission and uh to you know, to really to, to get his freedom, but he intercepts this call realizes that the NSA is still doing the same thing. And his, uh, his moral code says that he has to go stop this person, even though this is a very bad person that they are going to go kill. Uh, He, he believes it's not moral for the government to do this. It's
1: also interesting because so he intercepts these, these, uh, these orders and he's explaining to Roe, that another infiltration unit is going after this guy and we have to stop it. And she, this is like brand new information to her mm-hmm. that there are other infiltration units out there. But mm-hmm. he seems to already be aware of it. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is just the first time he's caught specific orders of it. So this is the first time he's been presented with a chance to one of the other uh, infiltration units from, from going after a guy. And, and I guess that's why, but... It's like well if he already knew about them why isn't he going to like destroy the factory that makes the infiltration units or something
0: yeah wouldn't that mean and now that you're saying that like i, I feel like it, you could have and maybe that just would have been a different formula for the for the the series as opposed to taking the fugitive or incredible hulk route you could have mm-hmm. done a a you know, infiltration unit of the week type storyline where he's going around attempting to eliminate all of these other infiltration units.
1: Yeah, Uh, or even trying to get them to come around to his way of thinking of, you know, you could be your own person and, you know, you're alive and and you don't have to kill, you know, and and all of that. It's kind of there. There's a plot kind of similar in the uh, Black Widow movie that came out uh, a couple of years ago now. There but uh, of, of like mind control and and overcoming your your programming and all of that so like yeah there there's something in there that that we could do we're just rewriting
0: you know what we're giving free yeah. ideas if, if if Watchtower database gets their way and, and uh, somehow HBO settles on doing a uh, another season of Zeta this is this is your free idea for the uh, the final season of Zeta project so there you go yeah um, <laughs> But uh, as Asra and Zeta are making their trip down to mm, where are they going? Somewhere in the south of the border, in the southern hemisphere, I believe. Um, I don't know if they specifically say where, but somewhere where it's warm and vaguely Latin inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, they they run into, of course, Bucky. <laughs> uh, Bucky, who is at the airport and Mm. uh, is attempting to flee also, and he can't fly on a plane without an adult and convinces them to bring him on uh, to the, the plane with them to help him out. And they they take away his remote control, which is the thing that he used in the prior episode to control Zeta. So the three of them now, Bucky, Roe and Zeta arrive in this country and uh, immediately discover where where this uh, this merchant of death, his name is uh, Roland de Fleurs, by the way, and he's the island of San Palago or San Palago. And uh, so they arrive there and they discover his his uh, his compound there. They, of course, there's lots of death traps So uh, they try and figure out a way to get in, and wouldn't you know it, they they happen to notice that uh, the Merchant of Death's daughter happens to uh, find a way in and out of the of the compound. So Zeta impersonates her and uh, ends up getting into the into the compound just in time to uh, to warn Roland of the uh, of the the incoming danger, and uh, we of course see that uh, after. After having arrived on this uh, on this dock uh, where this warehouse and stash of weapons are and uh, where they were they were greeted and thwarted Roland's bad guys by throwing fruit at them and dropping bananas on them, they uh, <laughs> they <laughs> what are we
1: uh, doing with their lives. <laughs>
0: there was a mysterious crate that happened to contain this IU7 robot which is a which is a uh, very more much more menacing i would say infiltration mm-hmm. unit uh that uh than, than zeta but uh he's kind of got this weird flat face don't know quite how that works but sure n- nothing makes any sense in this show he's
1: got he's got kind of like, he almost looks like uh like uh, what's the the robot godzilla yeah yeah he's yeah he's got yeah, some yeah. kind of weird like like like, kind of like long slender back like neck and then this weird kind of square cut you know cut off face. Yeah. We'll get to that more in visuals, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh so of course as Zeta is warming, uh, warning rather Roland, uh, that is of course when the, the IU7 decides to uh, to attack and uh he Zeta decides to disguise himself as Roland in order to, to attempt to help Roland escape. Uh, of course, in the midst of this fighting, Zeta gets uh, short-circuited, and it's, of course, revealed that he is a robot, and uh, the IU-7 robot realizes that he's been had, and uh, he ch- begins chasing after the actual Roland, and there's a final confrontation that happens on this dock uh, where the... the uh, the weapons end up getting destroyed uh, the iu7 robot ends up getting blown up in this explosion thanks to uh, a fire that breaks out i think and and this warehouse of of weapons that the merchant of death had already sold to some uh to some very bad people uh, explodes he of course is left uh, very upset at that point thinking that he's a dead man because the bad people that he sold these weapons to are going to be very angry that they don't have their weapons. Zeta encourages him to turn himself in. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we get the, uh, we kind of get the end of it. Oh, we did miss the, the one, one bit where uh, Bucky got his remote control back and attempted to take over the IU seven robot, but -hmm. then the IU seven robot overrides that and built different but uh, gets away and yeah so bucky was just kind of there and didn't really do very much to to help well he operates the big crane which swings the robot around for a second <laughs> oh yeah i did forget that that part um and then uh bucky and and z and rogue go back to the u.s and uh he offers his help if they need uh, need assistance in the future so Uh, I pray to God we never see this character again, but uh, something tells me he may pop up again in the future. So, yay. That is the end. Uh, well, oh, and then we kind of have a uh, a post credit scene almost as we flash back to the the collapsed warehouse where the explosion happened, and we see the IU seven robot rising from the ashes. And uh, as he stands up, he mentions uh, his programming. His memory has been has been compromised, and he attempts to to reconstruct his memory. And he's uh, his target switches from Roland. Now to to Zeta as he reconstructs uh, reconstructs his memory. So we know that uh, this infiltration IU seven robot will once again um, appear at some point later on in the series, uh, probably coming after Zeta at this point. So, all right. Uh... Yes, the trivia what? facts for this from the DCAU wiki is with the warmer climate of San Palago. This is the first appearance of Z's jacketless, <laughs> jacketless appearance. Oh,
1: yeah, he's got like a, we'll talk about him. He's got like a nice popped collar and uh, and some, uh, some board shorts on.
0: So, uh, again, I thought this was a, this you know you could have had robot on robot violence you could have Mm -hmm. i mean i can't see standards and practices having too many too many issues with robots fighting each other this is what this is made for he doesn't have to be in his human form just have some robot fisticuffs and this episode would have been infinitely better but instead we get this sort of like dancing around it and flying and zeta zeta is like being held down but isn't there's no punches being thrown and then we get another giant crane involved after just having seen an episode with a giant (laughs) magnet involved it's it's we're beginning to get repetitive here like i said our our fight that was supposed to take place between z roe bucky and and this gang of international armsmen are they're thwarted by dropping fruit crates of fruit on them and throwing oranges in their face oh yeah so um this episode sucks three (laughs) out of (laughs) ten yeah i gave
1: it uh, i gave it the same score uh i hate bucky he's terrible um he just like he forces he forces his way onto this mission because he's bored that's literally the whole project <laughs> then he won't stop blowing things up at his school for gifted youngsters so the warden punishes him and rather than maybe reflect on 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 his mistakes he breaks out and goes and finds zeta and Roe makes them take him with him. it and literally holds the entire airport hostage so that so that z and Roe will take him with with them Oh yeah, and I then, forgot that
0: part too. Our in, our lovable hero here, Bucky. Yes,
1: hate him, hate him. Like they keep trying, keep trying to come back to this. Like, oh, you know, he's annoying, but he's like, oh, he's you know, he just needs friends. Or he's got whatever. a heart no. of gold. No, he sucks. He's bad. He's bad, and he should be in jail. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's like twelve.
0: But, he needs to be in like juvie or in like some sort of like you know program. He yeah. with like smart people supervising him not whatever these people are that are in charge (laughs) of this program this is this yeah it's bad bad this is bad this is just bad
1: yes so uh yeah for that reason alone it's you know that like i said there's an interesting kernel of an idea as we discussed the idea of zeta trying to stop other infiltration units from carrying out their murders like there's there's something kind of interesting there but that's a, a very minor part of the episode and uh yeah and the it's pretty underwhelming uh so not 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 a lot of not a lot of good in this one
0: agreed moving on to our next category it's going to be uh, coco animation as you mentioned for this week's episode lay it mm-hmm. on me pal do you what do you got for notes for visuals and animation
1: well, I mean, you 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 already stole my thunder on Z's lovely summer
0: wear, uh, <laughs> uh, popped collar and shorts. That's right. Uh, no, I I I was trying to
1: figure out if the 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 uh, the Merchant of Death, uh, what's what's uh, what's his name, Roland Doris. Yep. Uh, if he was based on somebody, I couldn't really really pick it out. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like that that first sequence where Zeta disguises himself as the floors and then is running away from uh from the infiltration unit from z seven, I believe is his designation um is kind of fun, and then when he puts the buzzsaw to his chest and then it, it turns back into Zeta at that point, that's kind of a a fun sequence. There's a couple of cool like p o v we're looking through Zeta's eyes or through the z seven's eyes and you see like it's you know in interface system and everything as it's you know doing surveillance or whatever. so that's that's kind of fun. Um, and then it, like I said it's it's not a particularly exciting the the sequence where they're Zeta's fighting, I guess they just needed something for Ro to do because otherwise she's just standing there while Zeta fights like five guys, but also they're just like random random guys. they're not like, you know, Special agents with special weapons are just like tackling him, <laughs> <laughs> and so as you mentioned, we get we get the lovely sequence out of like a a bad Disney cartoon where where Roe is throwing throwing oranges at the guys to uh, to distract them, and in one case to blind a guy and and send him careening down to the water below. Um, I, I I don't know. There's not there wasn't a lot that stuck out to me as bad. I kind of like the the Z seven design in the sense like we said he's he almost feels more like like monstrous and he's just physically a lot bigger than zeta so it feels like you're you know you've set up an interesting physical threat for zeta to fight but uh as it as it stands we don't we don't get to do a lot interesting with it i think like as far as backgrounds the setting is unique as you mentioned it's sort of this nondescript central american location so there's like like jungles and woods that they're in and then it and empties out into like this this sort of compound mansion and and uh with you know some some wacky security lasers and things like that so like there's there's some fun stuff visually but i didn't really have a ton to say i guess
0: what did you think of the uh the intimated romance between uh Potentially underage daughter Ooh. of the the uh, merchant of death and the yes. security guards that that was that was certainly something i I couldn't I, based on
1: the way she was drawn, she didn't look like she was particularly older than Ro, for instance agreed yeah she uh, she has a very flirtatious moment with one of the security guards and then Zeta disguised as her has a flirtatious moment with another one and one of the security guards like runs off after uh zeta disguised as this girl because he's he's so in love with her and yeah it's a little a little strange like i will we'll we'll, (laughs) we're gonna cross our fingers and say she's supposed to be like 19 but she didn't like we said she wasn't drawn to be uh to look much older than some of the other uh young young child teenage characters in this episode
0: agreed i just didn't understand it like i didn't you didn't need that i it didn't it didn't go anywhere there Very was no weird. there Very, was, no... Yeah, I was like she doesn't even come back like <laughs> right she, she walks up kisses the security
1: guard leaves so that zeta can can find a way into the the compound which is fine but you would think at that point there has to be a moment where she comes back at the end like maybe she comes back and you know pleads with Zeta to, to save her dad or something at the end. And Zeta, like Zeta has a moment where he's, this is this is more getting into plot, I guess, but again, but it's like where, you know, where the Zeta get, is about to give up because he feels like he can't win, but then he sees uh, Deflora's daughter come back and, and plead for help. And he, you know, he, he gets up for one last fight or whatever to save the day. But no, she just, she just walks in, is, is weirdly flirty with these two old men. And then and then leaves and we never see her again a very odd inclusion uh made even odder and weirder and more uncomfortable by her character design
0: yeah agreed just wanted to point that out there uh (laughs) i don't have much to uh i don't have much to add the only sequence that i really notated that i liked was uh when when bucky grabs the uh the uh the z7 by the leg with a giant crane the, uh, the Z-7 unscrews his own leg and is hopping around on one leg for a little while. I thought he looked kind of cool, hopping around, shooting things uh, and missiles out of his back while he's got one leg. That was pretty awesome. Um but yeah, nothing else of, uh, of, of notate. I will notate. I think there were some reused uh, explosions from the new Batman adventures uh, that were, that were shoved in there. Didn't see that on the DCAU <laughs> wiki. Take that DCAU wiki. I
1: was going to say the uh, there's yeah. One of the guys in the, in the cafe, I'm pretty sure is pre parasite Rudy Jones. Oh, nice. <laughs> there's a guy with like kind of bangs and he's in like a, like a coveralls. And I was like, I think that's just Rudy Jones.
0: Oh my goodness. Too funny. Um, all right. Uh, so I, I ended up with a, uh, a five out of 10 for my animation and visuals. Not, uh, not a lot, not a lot to share, not a lot uh, to notate. And uh, I hate Bucky in case I was <laughs> to say it this time.
1: That's right. I don't know. If we mentioned this. Someone, someone told me, I think it was our, our friend Zachary on Twitter mentioned that they think the hair flip is because he played, the red haired character on the same voice actor plays the red haired character on the Nickelodeon cartoon rocket power. Who wow. apparently had red spiky hair. So there's a little visual Easter egg for you. Did you, um, did you give your score uh, five out of 10? I didn't right.
0: say we're both five out of 10. Sorry, mm-hmm. cool. All right. Let's move to music here. Also by the, the amazing Lolita Ritmanis. Um, the only thing I noticed as far as music was concerned was the menacing Z7 theme that they gave him. Um, that, uh, that sort of played over every scene that uh, involved him, especially as he rose from the ashes in the, uh, the final scene, revealing that uh, he would once again return. Um, I didn't have anything else of note for the rest of the uh the episode so i settled on a five out of ten
1: yeah same exact thing for me i didn't really really didn't have much there uh, other than the usual as mentioned the the action music at the at the end there that that sequence with uh with zeta again disguised as Flores, where he's running and jumping out the window out into the lawn i think there's some fun music in that sequence but uh yeah, not a lot to uh, to write home about, but a, a solid
0: job, uh, unsurprisingly, by, uh, by Ms. Ritmanis there. All right, man. let's move on to our final category for this week, which is going to be our voice cast. So a lot uh, or a couple of the same voice actors and actresses from our prior episode. But uh, we have a, a rather large cast of, uh, of people we don't usually get to talk about for these. So uh, let's let's chat them up.
1: That's right. So, uh, just, just quickly, I'll run, I'll run through a few here. Um, uh, voicing, uh, mostly just mentioning them because of their, their exploits outside of the show, uh, voicing, uh, Mendez. I think one of the, uh, one of the, the henchmen of, uh, of De Flores is, uh, is Javier Grajeda, who more recently had a, a pretty significant guest starring role on Better Call Saul. Mm. Uh so fun fun name to to uh, to have that pop up and then the new dean this older woman who's yelling at bucky at the start of the episode uh uh voiced by uh the late Conchata Farrell who uh folks would know best as she's the housekeeper on two and a half men uh, uh, and a lot of other sitcom work to her name but I knew uh, I
0: recognized that, that I was one.
1: it's very recognizable as soon as I heard her speak I was like I definitely know this voice mm-hmm. <laughs> She has a she has a very recognizable voice. So some some fun little guest stars. Otherwise, playing uh, uh De weird uh sec- weirdly sexualized daughter is uh is a, another veteran voice actor we talk about a lot. Uh, Gray Griffin, or as she was known at the time, Gray Delisle, um, voice of Catwoman in the Arkham games and a trillion other voices. Daphne on the more recent Scooby Doo cartoons and bunch of other stuff so she she uh she pops up as always she's one of those ones that's if you're listening she's doing about four or five voices any other female uh characters in the episode and Mm -hmm. uh and then i'm not i'm not sure who the voice actor is but i forgot to mention this at one point when they're in the airport there's a a a voiceover where they're asking for passenger l ritmanis over the (laughs) over the loudspeakers so
0: oh there you go there's a fun easter egg don't notice
1: that's also not on the dcau wiki hacks (laughs) <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, <laughs> so we're voicing our uh, not really our villain, but uh, our the, the Merchant of Death, Roland de Flores, is uh, is none other than Stacy Keach, who's uh, a guy we haven't really gotten to talk about in a long time, but who has some pretty significant uh, DCAU voice acts uh, acting credits to his name. Of course, he was the voice of uh, both Carl Beaumont and the Phantasm voice in Mask of the Phantasm
0: get uh, out of town yeah, my I favorite swear. line that he does is mm-hmm. when when the explosion happens oh I'm come crazy. on this is going to be mine <laughs> go ahead no you go for it he says my stockpiles <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's incredible almost entirely worth the, ep- the these two episodes <laughs> for Stacy Keats shouting my stockpiles <laughs> As uh, a Z7 <laughs> went careening towards a bunch of boxes with giant white explosive signs
0: on them. <laughs> my stockpile. <laughs> oh, oh man, man. I'm, we're definitely cutting that clip out and saving it for the yes. future. If if it's the only thing we get out of any of these Zeta Project reviews, my <laughs> stockpiles I think might be worth <laughs> it.
1: Oh yeah, and then uh, and then we have, of course, our our main actors, uh, Julie Nathanson once again as Roe. And then pulling double duty, we have Dietrich Bader voicing, of course, Zeta and also voicing the Z7 uh, evil robot as well this week. So a little bit more fun with them. And and of course, oh, I forgot to mention him. I think I blocked him out of my my brain. But uh, we do have the returning uh, uh, Ulysses Quadra as Bucky. Um, and he's very annoying. Which yeah. And the character's very annoying. So mm-hmm. I can't say he didn't do a good job.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, he um, fills that role very well.
1: Uh, but uh, yes, most of the like I said, it, it is a good a good chance for Dietrich Bader to do a little bit extra, and him playing off of, of course, uh, as always, Julie Nathanson, but also with Stacey Keach as the bad guy, and and uh, and Bucky, and then some of these other side characters. He gets he gets a little bit more to do this week or in this episode than the first one. So uh, for that reason, despite my vehement dislike of uh, (laughs) of the Bucky character. Like I said, I don't I don't I can't fault the actor for that, though, because I think he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, which is just be the most annoying character on Earth. Um, I gave voice acting a a surprisingly strong perhaps seven out of ten.
0: Nice. Wow. That is surprisingly strong. Uh, curiously strong, even yeah, trademark. Uh, I went ahead with a, uh, with a six out of 10. So just one point lower. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think the standout is, is my stack, <laughs> <laughs> which I will be cackling about as I edit this podcast, at, you know, and, and well into the future. yes uh Uh, everybody does it i i do i actually do think uh there's some it the reason why i gave this a six instead of a five was was appreciating the fact that dietrich Bader had to differentiate and i know that Mm -hmm. for the most part the differentiation between the two units comes from like the modulator that they they put his voice through the voice effect that they used but still it it's a lot more emotionless i would say it's colder um so there is a differentiation there between the two and i think that it we've talked about that a lot in in past episodes that's always something that's very impressive to me when someone has to play either the same character you know a clone of the same character or has to some play multiple characters uh there's always i think an extra appreciation for how as a voice actor you can differentiate between the two characters and the 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 sort of uh, weight that comes with having to try and and put on a performance where you're playing a well-known character or in this case the main character in the uh in the show and then you're you're also playing the main protagonist of the show also you know sure. we've talked about uh the late great Kevin Conroy having to do that in, in episodes we we've talked about Tim Daly having to do that mm-hmm. so um you know there's there's a an extra level of appreciation and I think when when you hear that and when you know uh, what what uh, goes into having to create a, a, a character from scratch and create like a, a character's vocal sound. and then you're then asked to then create a second character that's similar, but has to differ be different than that than the main character enough uh, to have a, you know to have that difference. So um, I, I appreciated that. I think that that solely bumped it up to that that six for me. So. Uh, something something nice. to appreciate absolutely all right Liam. let's uh let's total oh, up our score oh, wait what's that
1: it's the negative bonus <laughs> point reduction oh no i'm taking a point out for of the weird thing with the dude's daughter It's freaking weird <laughs>
0: nonsensical subplot that didn't need to be there and left ask (laughs) left us asking more questions than necessary taking a point off for that super weird (laughs) there we go i love it uh (laughs) well totaling up everything with my scores liam i end up with a 19 out of 40 what about you (laughs) and i think uh totaling up my
1: scores with my minus one for the uh, the the mm-hmm. negative bonus point reduction mm-hmm. uh i also have a 19 out of uh, out of 20 or out of 40
0: this is a straight oh i can't be a skip right because this robot comes back
1: the robot comes back bucky comes back
0: oh god kill me too much meat on the bone oh god <laughs> it's another that's <I, laughs> another orange cassidy yeah i guess if you're watching these if somebody really wants to watch these, you have to know who this robot is. There you go. Although yeah. you can probably figure it out. But yep. <laughs> so we will explain right. it to you. The very, <laughs> the very clunky dialogue. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that will begin to wrap us up for this week. Mercifully, thank you everybody for tuning in. Each and every one of you tuned in to listen to this episode. Hopefully you've had some fun. We of course are doing this all in fun. We appreciate Uh, you listening and we certainly appreciate the people that invested time and energy and it's very well documented that this series as we've talked about when we first uh, started reviewing this that this is not what the the creators had in mind the finished product unfortunately Mm -hmm. after going through so many hands uh, was not what we eventually got so uh, we had some really great people that worked on this So we we do try and pull out the gems and and have some fun uh, with this as we go through it. But uh maybe you are one of those people that enjoy the Zeta project. Let us hear it. Tweet us at DCAU Review. Tell us why we're wrong. Tell us why Bucky is a really great character. Uh we are, <laughs> we, are we are we are all ears. Uh so uh yeah, tweet us at DCAU Review or find us on Instagram at DCAU Review as well. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, we have a couple of different ways of doing that, of course. Uh, you can uh you can like us, uh, like our, like our videos on, on youtube.com slash the uh, subscribe to that channel. You can of course follow us on, on our social media. Those are all free ways. You can also uh, give us a, a five-star review on our podcast apps, whether it's Spotify or Apple podcasts, you can go ahead and, and leave a five-star review or leave a little blurb telling people what you enjoy about the program. You can also interact with us via our Spotify. Also, if you're a Spotify listener, we post a poll every week asking for your input, and then we, uh, of course, ask your thoughts as well. We have a special question of the week, so you can interact with us that way if you'd like to. Uh, additionally, if you want to support us monetarily, there is a link on our anchor.fm DCAU review. If you want to check that out, you can support us monetarily, buy us a cup of coffee, uh, every month or something like that, we greatly appreciate it. We appreciate those that do support us monetarily every single month. You guys are the best. Uh, we also, if you wanna wanna get something for your buck, you can head over to dcaureview.com and click on the uh, the shop tab there, uh, or you can uh, check the show notes. Now there's a there's an active link there for the the store and the show notes. Get yourself a piece of merchandise if you want to and uh, support us that way. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. That alone helps us out and Liam speaking of tuning in we want our listeners to tune in next week as we continue here with our trip to the future as uh, we will be once again reviewing Batman Beyond next week
1: that's right and uh, breaking into the the last 13 episodes at least uh, and uh, we're taking it off with an interesting one uh, revisiting some characters that we haven't really seen a lot since uh, uh, quite a long time ago, both in, in the Batman Beyond show episode length and in our episodes, uh, that being both the Royal Flush King and Paxton Powers in the episode King's Ransom coming your way next week.
0: Ah, That uh, should be a good one. Uh, more reason to, to hate Terry and remind you that Dana deserves better coming <laughs> next week. It's going to be fun. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on that next episode of the DCA Adios.